Church, we are really blessed to have Pastor Matt coming to share the Word with us this morning as we continue in our series in Jesus the Game Changer. So I'd love it if you could make Matt feel really welcome wherever you're watching from. Put your hands together as Matt comes to share God's Word with us today. Yeah, thanks, uh, Nath, and really excited to be sharing God's Word with you here this morning. We might be at a distance, but God's Word has reach and uh, is powerful in our lives. So let's listen uh, to what he has to say to us, his people here this morning. Late last year, when we found out we were pregnant, Gemma and I thought it might be an idea to see if we could get a little bit of a car more suited to the, the needs of a family, prams, etc. And so we went and looked at a car at an auction at G-Bung, which was going up for auction Online, And I think that the bidding period for this particular car was open for several days. But when we got to it, the auction only had one day to go. And in fact, only about five hours to go. No one had bid yet at this time. And so we decided to put a bid in. We started pretty low, of course, thinking uh, that we'd be outbid by others. What you do in an auction. Anyway, the time went on and it was getting close to the finish of this particular auction. We were still the only bidders. It was getting closer and closer from hours down to minutes. And we genuinely thought that we were going to be able to win this auction unassailed without anyone bidding against us. You probably have a guess as to where this story is headed, but it got down to 15 or 20 minutes to go. And then finally, someone else put a bid on over the top of us. Just one other person, in fact, was bidding against us. We went back and forth on the minimum increments for quite a while with this guy, each time wondering whether we would win the auction only to be outbid. The cost of the car uh, kept going up and eventually it went beyond what our budget was. We had lost the auction, obviously not the car that uh, was for us. We're in this series, Jesus, the Game Changer, looking at the spread of the good news of Jesus to the ends of the earth. For two millennia now, this uh, gospel has been going forward into the world. Billions of people have been delivered from their proclivity and captivity to evil by this man, Jesus Christ. It's incredible, the kingdom of God moving forward. But this kingdom movement has not been and is not without opposition. Scripture tells us that the devil and dark spiritual powers at work in the world stand in direct opposition to Christ. Ephesians 2.2 tells us that these powers are also at work in those who do not yet acknowledge Christ as Saviour. And so Jesus says in Matthew 12.30, anyone who is not with me is against me. When the kingdom of God advances and moves forward, the power of evil is diminished. They are in binary opposition to each other. And because of this, the powers of evil at work in the world are clamouring to resist and restrain the influence of the kingdom of God moving forward. They are not passive to that. We know if we are in Christ that we are aligned with the victorious side. So right here this morning, we do not need to fear this opposition. But it is important in saying that, to recognise that in this present moment, in this age that we are in now, the church age, we as believers are in a spiritual battle. 
that the forces of evil stand in opposition to us living for and with God. In Hebrews, we see an example of how this opposition plays out against believers. And, uh, and these passages give us insight into two things. Firstly, the aim and character of this opposition. And secondly, what it means for us to overcome. So that's where we're gonna turn this morning to Hebrews chapter 10. We're gonna start in verse 32 uh, through 39. I encourage you to pull out your Bible if you're in your living room there now uh, or follow along on the screen as well. This is Hebrews 10, starting in verse 32. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. For in just a little while, He who is coming will come and will not delay. And my righteous one will live by faith. I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. This is God's word to us here this morning as his people. Firstly, we see here the aim and character of opposition. Verse 36 clarifies for us that the aim of this opposition against the believers is to deter them from doing the will of God, to tempt believers away from faithfulness and fidelity to Christ. The opposition, although human, is under the controlling influence of the devil who is seeking to elicit the believer's sinful nature, drawing them back into evil rather than living with and for God. It's important though to recognise here how the enemy seeks to do this. We see that this opposition um, seeks to do this by increasing the worldly cost of doing the will of God. The worldly cost is the, um, is the way that the devil influences us away from doing the will of God. For these believers to continue uh, in doing what God had called them to do, it seems a lot more costly if it means that they will be thrown in prison, have their property confiscated and be publicly humiliated. The opposition is trying to get these believers to either pull back from living for Christ or to invoke them to repay evil that they are experiencing with evil themselves, drawing them back into the system of brokenness within the world. Just like the opposition that I faced in the auction drove up the cost of me buying that car, the forces opposed to us as believers try to drive up the worldly 
price of staying with God. The things of the world is the only thing that uh, the enemy has at its disposal. Scripture warns us that we should not be surprised, in fact, when this opposition, this persecution comes to Timothy 3.12 says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. In this week's Connect Group study, as you watch it, you'll hear lots of stories of situations right around the world where the extent of the persecution that we read here in Hebrews is still occurring. But in our context, it usually looks a little bit different to what we read here in Hebrews. This worldly cost might be relationships that are ruptured as we follow God. Social ostracism disadvantage, bullying, slander in the workplace. Many of you, in fact, have shared with me about the the barrage of negativity that comes from certain people in your life when you seek to follow and and be obedient to the will of God. I I don't wanna underestimate or relativize the difficulty of these situations that, that we experience here in our context against other contexts. It is difficult, it is hard when these things happen as we seek to follow Christ. In saying that, I think there's actually another side to this same coin of opposition, which is maybe even more common in our specific context here in Australia. And I think potentially just as, if not more dangerous than persecution. In our context, rather than using suffering to make it difficult to follow Christ, the enemy, the opposition will often oppose us by increasing the appeal as much as possible of the things of this world. And what this does is it works to make the opportunity cost of following God seem great to us. We see examples of this in scripture in Acts 5, Ananias and Sapphira, a stark example here. They weren't pressured as believers with suffering, but they caved in under the allure of wealth. The church at Laodicea, another example in Revelation 3 that you can read about here. We see that even Jesus himself faced this type of opposition. Matthew 4 verse 8 says that the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He said to him, All these I will give you if you fall down and worship me. We know, of course, how how that ended. I read a challenging article recently from Open Doors in which Christians who had suffered persecution in different places around the world commented on the, the nature of opposition that we sometimes face and are facing here in the Western church. This is a bit of what they said. They said, this is the problem with materialism. We've seen many Christians survive persecution, but very few survive prosperity. They go on to say that one of the greatest challenges you face as Christians in the West is the temptation to be more in love with life than you are Jesus. And it makes you unwilling to die for Him. I wanna warn us, and I think God wants to warn us today, church, that we must be wide awake and cognizant to this type of opposition that we are facing. Because it's subtle, 
doesn't even necessarily feel like we are, we are being opposed, but that's what makes it so dangerous. Maybe we even think that we can do the will of God, be obedient to God, and at the same time, chase after the things of this world. But 1 John 2 says this, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. And the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. The things of this world are not inherently bad, but they do become dangerous if our desire for them inhibits, restricts, blinds us to being obedient to the will of God. Has your desire for the things of this world, maybe a comfortable life, wealth, power, the best career, have these things driven out your love for God the Father? May we allow God to examine our hearts May we allow him to open our eyes. So if this is the aim and the character of opposition to increase the, the apparent cost, the worldly cost of following Christ, what does it mean for us secondly to overcome? Although God sometimes will remove and one day will remove it for good, opposition, Victory is not defined in this passage as the removal of opposition. Nor is victory defined here as escape from the opposition. But we read here that victory is defined as perseverance in the midst of opposition. To persevere in doing the will of God and this perseverance comes by faith. Maybe you're sitting there thinking, oh, faith again. Faith just comes up in, in every context. The answer is always faith. And you're a little bit confused as to what it means here. Faith, put simply maybe, is confidence in God. If we have confidence that God is good and trustworthy, this will enable us to persevere in the will of God in spite of what the cost might be, in spite of how appealing the other options of the world might seem to us. There are occasions in my childhood that I look back on and in spite of what my friends, uh, in spite of my friends telling me something different, and in spite of what my own intuition was as to what was best, I am glad, I'm really glad that I trusted my parents' advice. I'm sure all the parents uh, in the room right now are shaking their head and all the children are sort of questioning whether that's true. My confidence in my parents trumped the opposition and enabled me to persevere because I, I had faith, I had trust and confidence in what they were telling me to do. Unfortunately, uh, sometimes I, I didn't follow their advice and uh, I look back on those times and probably think that I should have, know that I should have, in fact. This is faith. This is what confidence in God 
This is how it enables us to persevere. In fact, the author, directly after the passages we read in chapter 10, goes on in Hebrews 11 to give examples of people who have persevered because of their confidence in God. I encourage you to read the chapter and see how this plays out in so many numerous ways. In my Bible, it's, it's called the triumph of faith, Hebrews 11. Their confidence of these people that he lists, their confidence was not in the praise of men, not in what other men said. Their confidence was not in wealth or the things of this world. Their confidence was not even in their, their fleeting desires of their flesh. They acted out of confidence in God. They acted believing that God is good and that He is where life is found. This is why we read in verse 38 of chapter 10, the righteous will live by faith. The righteous will find life because they have confidence in God who is the life giver. It is this confidence that enables us to persevere even in the midst of great opposition. But uh, maybe you're thinking right now as you listen to this, well, I don't have that kind of confidence in God. My, my faith isn't particularly strong. Well, I want you to be encouraged this morning because this is exactly this is exactly the place that uh, the Hebrews found themselves in. This was exactly why the letter was written to them. Straight after the chapter 11, the triumph of faith, the author goes on to say this, he gives the key to faith in Hebrews 12, verse one and two. Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. In other words, not looking at the costs other Christians might be bearing, the race, the, the unique race, the unique costs that God might have for us to bear. Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. How? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. I wanna say, if you are lacking confidence in God this morning, if you're thinking I cannot persevere because my faith is weak, I wanna say, fix your eyes on Jesus. He's not a myth, He's not speculation. His life is literal history. You see, our faith is not a blind faith. Our confidence in God is, is not blind. It is based on the reality of the life of Jesus Christ. We see firstly that Jesus pioneers our confidence in God because you see in Jesus, we see that God laid Himself out on a cross for us, for our sakes, to redeem us from a futile and evil way of living. This is the beginning of our confidence. This is the starting place for our faith in the goodness of God, in the trustworthiness of God. But Jesus also perfects our faith. Christ in obedience to the Father faced the pinnacle of evil opposition. No one's ever faced more opposition than Christ and unjust death, the pinnacle of opposition. But even as he faced that, rather 
than succumbing to the temptation that he, he experienced in that moment to deviate from the will of God, to, to come down from the cross or not go to the cross. He laid himself out on it and entrusted himself to the Father. And as he entrusted himself to the Father, the Father raised him to life. Again, he brought him through the opposition by staying with God, even at the pinnacle of suffering, of opposition. Christ now knows and showed to us that God is completely 100% trustworthy. The biggest weapon the enemy had the, the nuclear bomb that the enemy had, the greatest thing that, that the enemy had to throw at Christ failed. He did not deviate from the will of God. He persevered. And so we read in Revelation that the slain lamb is described as the overcomer, the one who has overcome. And as we fix our eyes on His victory, Revelation says, as we fix our eyes on the one who has overcome, it gives us the confidence that we need in God for us also to overcome the opposition that we will face. Anything that might be thrown at you by the enemy has been, has been experienced by Christ and He in that moment found God to be trustworthy. And so we too can know that God is trustworthy. Perseverance is how God turns the opposition that we face and works it for our good. If we will persevere by faith and thereby count the cost, experience the cost of being obedient to God, it pushes us deeper and deeper into Him. It serves to strengthen our allegiance to God and it serves to strengthen our disloyalty to the system of evil, sin and brokenness in the world. You know, when I think about the opportunities that I might have had if I kept working in the career that I used to work in before God called me to do what I'm doing now, some of the things that, that I gave up to do that. And I do think about those costs. But when I reflect on them, I wanna tell you, it does not repel me from God. It makes me wanna serve Him and love Him and be obedient to Him more and more. You see, when we bear any cost of following Christ, whatever that might be, it's like cutting off the bonds that the opposition has on us and instead it binds us to God. It's like in making an investment in our relation to God, investment in the new life that He has given us. In my preparation this week, I heard of a man in the Middle East who recently converted to Christianity. And in the process of doing that, tragically his wife was killed and he has been estranged from his two daughters. But you wanna know, he, he now serves God with complete abandon. Counting those costs, bearing those costs on behalf of Christ, strengthened his allegiance to God and disconnected him from, from the powers of darkness that used to be at work in him, in his sinful nature. 
This is the truth. As we bear more for God's sake, we give more of ourselves to God. As we bear more for God's sake, we give more of ourselves to God. This doesn't mean we go looking for opposition. But as we follow Him, as we look to God and and what His will is, as He moves us out of sin and into holiness and righteousness, as that opposition comes and we bear it, we strengthen our allegiance, our love for Him. I think this is something really important to understand. God's ultimate aim in your life, in my life right now, is not to deliver us from uncomfortable circumstances. But His ultimate, His primary aim right now in this age, at this moment, is to deliver us from the evil that was at work in our sinful hearts, to sanctify us, to make us holy and righteous as He is holy and righteous. I think we, we so often get confused about this because our culture right now is holding up a comfortable life as, as an idol, as a thing to be bought at all costs. And this, we, we become susceptible to that same attitude. And when we do, we, we literally, we read Scripture and we don't understand how the disciples were rejoicing, why they were rejoicing for being tortured for Christ. But what they understood that that we really must understand ourselves is that this suffering, they knew this was what was delivering them from evil, from from the powers of darkness that used to be at work in them and was delivering them to a holy allegiance to God, taking them out of sin and into new life. Perseverance by faith is how we overcome. So what does it look like uh, for us as His people to respond this morning? Today, you feel like you you know, as this word has come to you from from Scripture, you, you just know and you sense that you need strengthening to persevere. Maybe God's shown you that the opposition has moved you. There's an area of sin maybe that you are giving into or you realise that you've been chasing the things of this world or you've shrunk back from the calls that God has had on you. Or maybe you just know this morning as God's words come that that you're close, that you're feeling weak, you're close to wavering in perseverance. The response this morning is uh, to repent to turn and to resolve to persevere with the help that God provides. You see, Hebrews is clear as we read it, that when we make this resolution to persevere by faith, we don't do that by ourselves, but that as we decide to do that, God comes and meets us and provides us with assistance. He provides us with help. In fact, He provides us with the Helper, the Holy Spirit. And He provides us with His church. And so if, if you wanna to respond today, 
I just want to encourage you to do that right now or in this last song by simply hitting that prayer button or emailing prayer at bridgman.org.au and making a simple prayer request for God's help, asking for God's help for you to persevere by faith in being obedient to God. And as you do that this week um, in in our prayer meetings as a church, we pray right throughout the week, we are actually gonna pray for each other by name as those prayer requests come in that the Holy Spirit, the Advocate, the Helper comes and strengthens us to do the will of God. You know what? We, we all need strengthening. It's right, in fact, that we feel weak. It's right, in fact, that we feel like we need help to persevere. This is what faith is. It's confidence, not in ourselves, in our ability to overcome opposition, but confidence that as we stay with God, He will enable us to overcome. So maybe lots of us will respond this morning by by doing that. Wonderful, terrific. We all need this strengthening because the truth is, as Scripture tells us, as Jesus spoke about, in this world, we will have trouble. We will face opposition. But we are to take heart. For Christ has overcome. He's the overcomer. And we're to fix our eyes on Him. And as we do that, we too, in His strength, will be able to overcome. Let's pray together this morning. Our great and our mighty God, the one who did not turn your back on us, you did not turn your back on us as we went away from you, but you saw the the brokenness that our evil condition, that our sinful condition was causing us and you, you made a way for us to be brought out of that back to you, back in relationship with you, in rightness of living, holy living through Jesus Christ, the deliverer, the overcomer. And so in this moment, we, your people, humbly submit ourselves to you, recognising our weakness, asking for you to come and strengthen us that we by faith, confidence in you, may overcome, may stand firm, may persevere in being obedient to you and to the will that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna sing a wonderful song that speaks of God's help, the strengthening that He provides to us. Let's close our service by singing this song together. These are incredible truths for us to know and we can know these personally in our own lives that God is with us, that He is for us. Maybe you've been listening in today and maybe you've never known that personally in your own life. You've never known that assurance that God is with you that awareness that He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to make His peace and His um, strength and His um, Holy Spirit available to you to live the journey of life with Him. And if that's you this morning, you can respond to that. You can actually respond to Jesus this morning and know that personal relationship with God. Know His uh, presence with you in your life. And so if that's you, if you'd like to respond this morning, I would encourage you, whatever platform you're linking in on, there is a link there which says, Respond to Jesus. I wanna encourage you to click that today. And that is you actually responding in faith, saying, yes, Jesus, yes, to your heavenly Father. Say, God, I wanna know your presence in my life. I wanna know what it means to have a relationship with you. And you can take that step this morning by clicking that. We'll get in touch with you, give you some information to bless you and help you on the journey and be praying for you as well. 
But I just wanna say thank you so much for sharing with us. And I wanna pray and ask God's blessing on everyone as we close our service today. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for these great truths of Your Word. We thank You, Lord, for Your faithfulness, for Your goodness. We thank You for the promises on which we can stand, great God. And I pray, Lord, as we've heard today, You continue to encourage us to pursue You with all of our hearts, great God. I really pray that, great God, that we would desire to know You more deeply uh, in every area of our life. That's that's my prayer, great God. And I wanna ask now, just for Your blessing, for each and every one they're tuning in from, wherever they are on the journey of faith, Lord, I pray that they'll be just so aware of Your nearness to them, Your blessing, Your love for them. And I pray this now in Jesus' Name, Amen. That concludes our service today. Thanks so much for sharing with us. Don't forget, if you wanna write a letter to the persecuted church, you can do that online via the website, but God bless you. We look forward to connecting with you soon. And don't forget our service tonight at 6 p.m. as well. God bless. Thanks for joining with us for our service today. If you sense God speaking to you or you'd like to find out more, we wanna help and encourage you on your journey of faith. You can reach out to us via our website or email hello at bridgman.org.au. And don't forget, if you have a prayer need, we'd love to pray for you. And you can fill in a prayer card on our website or email prayer at bridgman.org.au. I'm praying God's blessing for you this week and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.